Hello everyone, my name is Steven Dutzman. I am the founder of EngageFamilyGaming.com and this is my ride to work. So here we are, it's Tuesday, November 27th, uh, and it's episode 18 of our uh, intrepid voyage um, into podcasting while driving. Once again, for those concerned, this is 100% hands-free. I'm yammering at my dashboard. So, um, and yammering is, you know, probably an accurate uh, description. So, um, Tuesday, um, it is, I, you know, there wasn't a lot happening right now because it is a slow news week. Um, part of that is, uh, well, I don't want to say slow for the entire universe. Uh, some of the big news that came out toward, you know, a lot of the news recently has been for grown-up games, quote-unquote, things that we don't really talk about. Uh, they they did announce that today is the beta for Red Dead Redemption 2, so if you are uh, playing that game, um, the Red Dead Redemption Online uh, beta is today, so uh, for those folks that played the game on day one or two, which is uh, kind of a neat way to open up the beta. But I, I, what I wanted to do today was talk about localization. Um, so, um, and the reason this came up really is just Super Smash Brothers is out, and apparently there is a huge leak. Uh, some people got their hands on pirated copies of the game. Uh, they're calling them review copies, but that's not true. Um, according to other larger outlets who have claimed that they do not have review copies. And frankly, I would think that, like, Game Explain and IGN would have their review copies well before like, you know, some dudes streaming on the internet, so they're playing pirated copies, um, and so details have come out, and one of the details that came out was about an assist trophy, um, which are, these are kind of characters that you can summon in the game, um, you know, through the course of things that, uh, that, that are like AI characters, and that will kind of fight your opponents, um, and one of the characters is a character from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, um, and being that I am driving and I can't look it up, I cannot for the life of me remember her name, however, uh, she is, you know, the, one of the main protagonists in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and, um, she is a kind of a computer program that is a blade, uh, which is essentially like a living weapon that helps support the main character. It's a super, I mean, the, the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 combat system is super complex, but that's not really what I'm here for. Just suffice it to say, she is one of the protagonists, she's an interesting character, um, and she is a living weapon, um, and in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which is a T-rated game, um, well, she doesn't wear much clothes. Um, her, uh, chest is kind of heavily exposed, she would not enjoy things in the cold, if you know what I mean, um, and she's wearing, you know, basically a bikini, now, that does not bother me, um, you know, I'm not really, you know, I find those things to be inoffensive, with that said, I am a dude, so, um, you know, my opinions on that will vary from others, I certainly recognize that, I find them inoffensive, and it's just something to kind of, uh, but, Nevertheless, I mean, I have to be authentic, right? Like, I, I find those types of things inoffensive. Um, they're just there. Um, it may may not necessarily be the character choice or design choice that I would make. However, 
I, you know, I don't, you know, kind of rage against the folks that design them. Um, and so she's in the, and she, that was her character model in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And that was on the, uh, that was, uh, on the switch. We own it. Um, and, uh, she was brought over into, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate as an assist trophy, which makes total sense. This is a Switch exclusive game. She's a cool character with neat powers. It makes total sense that they would bring her in as an assist trophy to the game. And they, uh, Nintendo decided when they brought her over, um, to change the character design. And so she went from wearing essentially a bikini to, um, I, I showed the image to, uh, Jenna to see if she could give me some kind of words to explain what it is, but she's more or less wearing like a fitted, like peasant top kind of shirt that, you know, is, you know, kind of flowy at the waist and leggings, black leggings, as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to no pants. Um, and, but the, one of the primary features for her, um, outside of the fact that she is, uh, she has incredibly pale skin because why wouldn't she? Um, you know, and that I can question. And we've, we've talked about that on this podcast before, um, is she has like metallic green accents everywhere. So pauldrons, she has like a garter for better or for worse that has some, some of that on it, etc. And so the black leggings and the shirt like covers her up a bit, uh, but it still shows off all of that, you know, green metallic accents. Personally, uh, I, you know, I actually think the new design looks great. Um, you know, it, she looks like more like an actual person. Um, but then again, arguably she was not a real person in the first place. So, um, the long and short is my feelings about this are really not important. Um, I, you know, I recognize that Nintendo makes very deliberate and careful decisions when they localize games. Um, and, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is what localization is. Um, a lot of video games are made in Japan and there are cultural differences regarding um, sexuality and, you know, character designs and art. And they, there are some pretty stark differences between our content and what we produce here in North America and in the West and in the East. And that's not a, you know, a judgment. That's just a fact. Um, things are different and they have different opinions on what needs to be there and how it needs to look and what is allowed there. And then when it's brought over to the West, um, you know, Nintendo has learned over time that they need to make some changes. And a lot of that is, uh, this has been happening for decades. Um, especially when you consider the fact that many story-based games are written in Japanese first and need to be translated to, um, you know, to English. And anytime you are translating something, you are by default localizing it because there are often words or phrases that do not have a direct one-to-one translation, right? Like dog is a thing, right? Like we can talk all we want about cars and dogs and trucks 
and bridges and roads and things like that, those have literal translations, right? Like everybody has a word for dog, basically, right? But when it comes to feelings or emotions or experiences, um, every language is going to be at least slightly different, right? So um, we, you are by default, anytime you trans, translate language, you're localizing something. You're making changes and often you will need to make a judgment call about, okay, what is this scene really about? Here's the real appropriate word or here's the appropriate turn of phrase. Um, that's, that's standard translation. Anyone that's taken a language course knows that sometimes you got to make a judgment call when you're trying to translate stuff and multiple people translating the same work will have different, in a lot of cases, especially with more detailed stuff, will have different results. That's just how it works. Um, video games are kind of the same way. Um, the difference being they all, you know, the, the United States has the ESRB, um, which has strict guidelines as far as how they rate games based on the content in them. And some games where that would be very innocuous, like, you know, cleavage, um, in Japan, um, and might not change anything, um, especially if it were on a minor character or something like that, could have a significant impact on a rating here in the United States. So localization in that way is something that Nintendo has to keep in mind and all video game companies really that are bringing something from another culture to here. So all of this probably sounds at least somewhat reasonable. Um, you know, I'm not saying anything really, you know, catastrophic. Um, you know, it, it, it makes sense that Nintendo would do this to most people. Um, the reason I want to talk about this is that a lot of people, um, a lot in that there are a bunch of folks online who are quote unquote part of the video game discourse, um, who kind of rally against these kinds of changes because they feel that they are censorship. Um, and so they feel like, well, this is the way this artist created this game. And this is, this is the way this, an artist created that character. Why would we change the artist's vision just to add it to another product? And, um, I can see where they're coming from. I mean, I get it. You know, there is freedom. You know, I, I, I do believe in freedom of expression in general, right? Like, I don't really... I think art needs to exist even if it makes people feel uncomfortable, etc. However, um, this is a commercial product. And Nintendo's job is to sell games. They're... they're and and, and, I, and this is something that I talk about a lot. And, um, and I, I think it's important for me to kind of take a stance on, um, because I deal with products for children, um, and products for children are different kinds of art than stuff meant for adults, right? Like there's just content that they can't see or shouldn't see, or maybe they should see later. And so by default, some of my stuff will be, you know, some of the stuff that I talk about will be censored in some way, and it might be self-censoring by the, the creators. Um, but that's part of the creative process when you're creating something for a specific target audience. Because again, Nintendo is not a collection of artists specifically creating art for art's sake. 
Nintendo is a business intending to create video games that people will buy. And the reality is small changes can make a pretty significant difference in how marketable a game can be. You know, the ESRB rating, you know, for as much as folks like to talk about, um, you know, parents not paying attention to the ESRB, you know, and that's, that's a trope that people talk about, right? Like there are parents that are just super clueless. I can say as someone who is involved in talking to parents that for every parent that is super clueless and just lets their 10 year old or 11 year old play Call of Duty, there are parents that are on the other side that say, okay, you can't play T-rated games until you're 13. You can't play, um, you, you can't play M-rated games until you're 17. And they like, really, you can't play E10 plus games until you're 10, right? So that meant like an eight-year-old wouldn't be able to play Mario Odyssey, right? And there are parents that really are very strict about that. And so Nintendo has to be very careful about what they put in their games because if an assist trophy, which is arguably not even that important of a character, were to bump up an ESRB rating for a video game to T, that has an impact. Something, I mean, it is certainly something that they need to consider. And, you know, really, a lot of folks will are, you know, you know, today at least, um, you know, kind of rallying against censorship um, and wondering, you know, are we in a, is this the Islamic state, things like that. I think that that might be a little extreme. Um, they gave her a shirt and some pants. Um, it's not like they removed the character or completely changed the character's intent. It's like the whole Han Solo shooting first thing. Right? Like that's a big deal. Like, making that change fundamentally changes Han Solo as a character. I used to not think that was a big deal, and then I watched the movies, and I actually watched both scenes in different, and I completely agree. Completely changes who Han Solo is, um, and what he's willing to do, right? Like, that's a big deal. Um, that was a change made after the fact that fundamentally changed the character. Giving this lady a shirt and some pants does not fundamentally change the fact that she is an AI computer weapon meant to support the main character. Like, she is not fundamentally changed. Another change that they made in Smash relatively recently is they changed Mr. Game & Watch to remove a reference to a, um, a Game & Watch game made in the 80s where he where he is briefly uh, Native American and you know, uses a torch, and it had you know the feather on it, you know the headband with the feather on his cap, you know feather on it and stuff like that. And so they just removed it. They just removed the feather, and people got upset about that because you know it's you know censorship and being um, you know <coughs> you know being weak because of the SJWs and all that, which whatever, right? Like, at the end of the day, Nintendo's job is not to produce art purely. They are creating commercial products. 
that are trying to be sold. So, um, and a lot of this work is done by a whole team of people. And I think that's another thing that needs to be talked about too. It's not like there's one person sitting there and like giving the rubber stamp to every, you know, every inch of cleavage on these characters, right? Like these, there is a team. Um, it's called the Nintendo Treehouse. Um, and I don't know why it's called the Treehouse. I'm sure they have a history uh, somewhere, but basically they are a localization team that uh, is based in Nintendo headquarters. And they are a team that works very hard to go through these games to kind of move the spirit of these Japanese games over to the West. And, and there's dozens of people who work on these projects. So, um, you know, and, and that needs to be you know, taken into account, right? Like, this isn't just one person. It's a, kind of a, you know, at, the, at worst a consensus. It's a group of people working together to try and create a product that is, um, you know, that that lots of people are going to enjoy with as few, um, you know, hiccups as possible. So, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, so please, you know, reach out to me. Uh, the best way is to join our community. That's engagefamilygaming.com slash community. And, you know, share... Share your thoughts. We're going to throw this post in there. I'd like to know your thoughts on localization. Um, you know, is that is there going too? Is there such thing as kind of going too far? Um, or and do you think that these kinds of changes are too far? Um, or you know what? So let me know what you think. Uh, head on over to engagefamilygaming.com/community. Join the group um, and share your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Um, either way, we are one week away from Smash. Well, a week and a few days, and we are very excited uh, in the EFG household. So. Um, we're looking forward to it. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, so we hope you have a wonderful day today. I will talk to you tomorrow. And until next time, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye.